You are now listening to the Two Dads Run podcast, just two dads who run, talking about running and being dads and some other stuff. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is Kevin. This is Gray. So um, we're excited today to be speaking to uh, a guy who's actually helped us stay injury-free, allows us to to practice the way that we want and really compete in uh, a lot of the races across the country the way that we like to to, to perform. But uh, before we get into that, great, man. It's been a while. It's been yeah. a few days since you and I actually met up. How are things going? Oh, man, things are going Things are going well. I got in some really solid runs this week. Uh, you know, helped the, uh, the little one recover from a little little daycare funk that she brought home as, as they are like to do. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's been a, been a good week of training. How about you? Uh, things been well, man. Things been well. Kids, uh, both doing well. Finley and Farah, they, um, actually took Farah with me the other morning to, to go run, which was really neat. One of the, probably yeah. one of the, the coolest things I do look forward every week. They'll see either Adria or myself just coming back from a workout, sweating, running, and then they're like, "Can we go?" I'm like, "Nope, you actually got it. <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> yeah, let's get sharp. We'll go to bed." But uh, it's been kind of cool because lately, just getting them ready for bed, I've been able to use that as far as to um, to go to sleep faster. Which is, hey, yeah. if you want to come run with dad, it's like you need to get some sleep. Yeah. Hey, man, whatever it takes. Yeah. Bedtime is a challenge. So you, you got a you got a race coming up, right? In a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, still the um, the Blackbeard 100, so... Oof, um, glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been, uh, you know, it's been cool to uh, just kind of see how my body's been holding up with the training. I mean, I could have been yeah. obviously more consistent. I think everybody probably feels that way um, if they're going to be competing anytime soon in the next couple months is that they could have been a little bit more consistent. But, um, but yeah, no, I think for the most part, yeah, I just want to go out there, smile, uh, I definitely, you know, this year, I got a feeling you won't be doing much smiling. <laughs> <there tonight. laughs> no, I mean, I'll look over at the ocean. I mean, it's from yeah. point to point there in the outer banks. Uh, looks like it's from the northernmost point. I think, uh, Corolla, a yeah. lot of, I, I, I've said Corolla and every time I say Corolla, people's like, no, it's Corolla yeah, yeah. all the way down to, um, to, to Hatteras. <laughs> so, uh, just look over constantly looking over to your left and you see the ocean. So really not too many things to get nice. mad about. Yeah, that'll be dope. But uh, but you yourself too. I mean, we talked about this uh, a few months ago. Probably, I don't know what. Maybe the end of last summer. Hey, what's something that we're looking for? Maybe doing next year. And you've yeah. been talking about. We've uh, been talking about marathon, right? Yeah. Um, so I actually I had a marathon on the calendar for um, March twenty first, but it got moved to Mother's Day, which could not be a worse day for me uh, to do anything that doesn't involve my wife, my mom, and my two girls, um, my, my wife's birthday, my mom's birthday and my oldest daughter's birthday are all kind of right there on mother's day. Um, so instead going to do a local, um, half marathon on, uh, March 28th. We'll see how it goes. It'll be my first race in 20 years. Good man. So, yeah. So I'm pretty excited about it. Did a nice little, uh, 13.1 mile training run over the weekend. Went way faster than I wanted to. <laughs> I saw um, that. Probably pretty close to race effort, but, uh, you know, it, it went well. I'm not broken, knock on wood. So, uh, our, our guest today <laughs> has, has been doing, you know, been doing, doing us right. And, uh, no, man, feeling good, ready to race, you know, got a, had to break in a new pair of vapor flies over the weekend and finally took the plunge and, uh, and got those bad boys and really, really great shoe. Yeah. I was, uh, 
I was a little surprised they weren't as soft as a lot of people make them out to be. Um, definitely a very responsive shoe. Uh, you can absolutely feel that plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the upper, it took me some time to get used to the upper a little bit in terms of finding the right lockdown. And I didn't even notice that it had a lockdown lace until uh, the next day, which <laughs> would, have been, would have been helpful to know. But uh, no, I mean, great shoe. Um, yeah, I can definitely see why it's it's done so well in the race circuit. Broke so many records, but I'm nowhere nowhere near that. But uh, yeah, no, those, those shoes are pretty up. awesome. I mean, every anytime that you'll text me a pair of shoes, I'm then online looking at my next shoe. And but I I don't do uh, I I definitely make sure where those things are being delivered. Uh, unlike I think, didn't you? Yeah, make a rookie yeah. mistake. <laughs> definitely an amateur move. A little. Uh, shipping snafu I accidentally had them sent to my house as opposed to my work so they couldn't you know sneak into the garage as, as things can sometimes do <laughs> so this show but, yeah. could have been yeah. become uh one dad run yeah could, yeah Greg got a little greedy any any more running shoes show up at my house and it might be one dad run so you'll be <laughs> it'll be a solo mission for you there bud so no definitely not no it's uh th- this is awesome and yeah again today with um you know with our guest dr lee welch it's going to be good stuff what i'm excited to hear from him is him just you know us growing up and and running together for as long as we've had you know we ran in high school together uh essentially you know i was that year ahead of you and yep. and then in college you know we did keep in touch but uh, it's been cool to kind of see you know how we've still somewhat found a way to come back to running but the reality is is i mean we're, we're getting old and yeah things are starting to fall apart and and uh, how important it is uh, to really make sure that you, you know, you maintain and that um, that you can do the right things now so that you can continue to run. Unlike you know those times yeah. I remember regionals like drinking and then like, <laughs> hey, we've got you know we got regional meet the next day. Yeah, dude, we're we're not eighteen anymore, and you know taking such a long uh, break from the sport like I did, you know, it was it was very humbling to come back, um, you know, and and after being so injury free when we were younger, I think I had a bout of shin splints like my first year running, but since then I just had absolutely nothing. Uh, and then coming back, you know, 20 years later or so, and, and now, you know, my legs just giving out. And so Dr. Lee Welch from, uh, the running PTs here local to us, um, has really helped and, and kind of not only given me some, you know, advice as to, you know, how to stay healthy and things like that, but also, you know, just kind of a very top level view of, you know, training. The very first time that he met me, he, you know, he was like, you know, look, man, here's the deal. You know, you are one of those kind of higher VO2 guys and you, you know, your, your lungs can take you farther and faster than your legs can handle right now. Mm-hmm. So you're going to accumulate some of these and, you know, some of these injuries and whether it was a post-tib issue or, you know, IT band syndrome or things like that, that just kind of popped up when you're going from logging no mileage at all. And I mean, I've kind of dabbled in powerlifting for a few years and, and, you know, various other sports and, you know, those, those things are going to pop up. We're not 18 anymore. So, you know, definitely, um, he's been super instrumental him, he and his team, uh, to keep him, us both healthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> open. I know you've got kind of a standing, Friday appointments for some dry needlings and stuff like that, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, and it's 
that's kind of been the neat thing. Uh, this, you know, this journey as you continue to get older, you learn more about yourself and, you know, some of the treatments that are out there that are beneficial that for a while you just, you yourself, I'll say for me, I thought, Hey, that's taboo or Hey, that doesn't work. And never did the research to, to go into, you know, how that could possibly help. And specifically with the, uh, the dry needling that was, that there was probably the, the, the wow or the aha moment where I was like, wow, you know, this stuff actually truly does work. And especially if, you know, with, with him and his team that know what they're doing and to, to really see the, the effect right then and there and feel it. And then, you know, doing what I need to, to make sure that I can continue to, to, to run and, and run at the pace and, and at the level that I want to, it's, it's recommended for everybody to just, go see, uh, in this case here, you know, a physical therapist that specializes in running and, and the form and and what you need to do at different points in your age. And, you know, with um, even even just like the male and female bodies that just, you know, here and, in, and you know, most guys, and I'll be freaking hard-headed and, you know, not being as flexible is something that I never, you know, I never was flexible and, and stretching how important that is. And then yeah. women at our age tend to be more flexible. So yeah. it's just kind of neat to just kind of hear more about the anatomy. I think just, again, the journey of learning more on, um, you know, how I can help myself, but then can help others because you just don't know until you try it. And not too many people I think are, you know, down about trying dry needling. Yeah. All right. Well, enough from hearing about us uh, or hearing from us about it. Why don't we, uh, let's get to the interview with Dr. Lee Welch. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> All right, joining us today, we have Dr. Lee Welch. He is a board-certified clinical specialist in orthopedic physical therapy and lower extremity and running injury subspecialist. He is also the co-owner of Be Young Physical Therapy and the Running PTs in Cary, North Carolina. Welcome, Dr. Lee Welch. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Did Is there anything I missed? Um, do you no. want to share any of your other background with us, where you went to school, where you're from, any of that kind of stuff? Uh, I grew up in Charlotte. I went to NC State for undergrad and uh, majored in chemistry. And then I worked in pharmaceuticals for about five years. Uh, wow. and, then, and then went back to school at East Carolina for physical therapy with the goal of working with runners. Uh, I worked under Dr. Blaze Williams, who's now one of the researchers at Nike. Um, he, I learned running biomechanics from him. I wanted to go to East Carolina for PT school because he was there, and they have a really good running lab there. So I learned awesome. underneath the best. And I partied um, there for three semesters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know anything about a running lab. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's probably a good thing I didn't go there for undergrad. <laughs> so uh, pharmaceutical company, that's interesting because uh, being in, in the healthcare industry, pharmaceutical is, uh, is, a, is a pretty good environment, but yeah. uh, very, very thriving as well. But um, as far as running itself, what, uh, what got you into running PT specifically? Yeah, so I, was, uh, I like to refer to myself as the, the often injured runner. Okay. Uh, Same. Uh, <laughs> I was, you have uh, taken a lot of our money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, um, so I was, um, you know, just a recreational runner working and uh, tore my hamstring and tried to problem solve it myself for a while and wasn't working and uh, ended up going and seeing a PT 
and I was considering a career change at the time. I was uh, working as a scientist for a pharmaceutical company in the lab and uh, just kind of considering my, my next steps. And I went and saw this guy, and he fixed me in one visit. And I was like, oh, man, this kind of seems like it would be a good job. And I started looking into it, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of was the path that started me going into PT was me getting hurt myself, which is true <laughs> for most PTs, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of self-diagnosing, but I'm not sure I'm smart enough to actually make it through all that school. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think over the last, uh, what, probably a year or so, that's what we've been doing, and then uh, those kinks and injuries have not gone away. So, no, awesome. So, as far as, you know, Again, appreciate you joining the, the the show here. And two dads. One of the things that uh, you know all three of us have in common is that uh, we we have kids and we also have busy lives. And what uh, you know, what what are some of the things right now that you find as being an owner of a co-owner of the physical therapy company and being a dad, being a husband? How do you manage all those hats currently right now? I think you actually just reminded me. That I have something that I forgot to do in that in that question. Uh, I'm sure you guys can relate to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, um, it, it's tough. Uh, I think at the stage of life that we're all in, uh, you know, professionals with young kids, like to me, it's you know, not prioritizing my my kids, my family, my faith, um, and the job is important. And, you know, some of the stuff that I, I really like to do and I'm passionate about sometimes takes a back seat uh, to, you know, serving others, serving my family, um, and, you know, trying to make sure the business is doing well. It's it, I would say one of the hardest parts of being the owner of a business is when you're a PT is that, you know, I treat most of the day, and there's a lot of things that I can't get to when I'm treating patients that um, – that stuff kind of takes a back seat. Um, our model is to, you know, treat the patient in front of us really well and give it everything we've got. And um, they, you know, our patients walk out knowing that we've given it our best shot. And um, so, you know, it just juggling all those, those many hats. Uh, it just takes prioritization, I think, uh, more than anything. So... Yeah, we can we can absolutely relate to that. I mean, in in full disclosure, in case anyone missed it earlier, Kevin and I are both uh, patients, uh, <laughs> so we that's that's how we uh, that's how we met Lee. And you know, I can say from from my standpoint, um, you know, you've definitely created something pretty special there. Definitely, when we uh, speaking for myself, when I walked in, you know, I felt immediately comfortable. And that that doesn't having owned a business myself previously, I understand that that does not happen on accident. That takes absolute leadership from the top. So yeah. job well done there. Thank you. Yeah, we absolutely. have tremendous staff. So yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and that's another you know, the people that you the, the team that you pick to work with you is is super super important for sure. Yeah. Um. So when did uh, when did you start running? What was it about running that kind of drew you in? Uh, I. I was a baseball player growing up, and um, I think I just naturally gravitated towards the, the like, speed positions. And it wasn't until probably middle school, high school, that I really started to enjoy running in and of itself. I think just having people encouraging me to do it and saying, you could be good at this, uh, was helpful. 
um, you know, affirmation. And I think running is a, is a, can be a scary sport. You know, no, nobody wants to fail, but running in particular, it's hard. It doesn't feel good. Um, so, you know, being the leadoff hitter, you know, my parents encouraging me that I could, you know, I could do this at, in a different sport too. And just kind of pursuing um, that. It, when I got in high school, I started running cross country and really liked it. Um, and I actually stopped playing baseball as I got older to focus more on cross country and track. So it was just a passion. I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, is probably everybody listening yeah. does too, you know, it, we can all relate to that. Um, it's almost, it's almost too. like a drug, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. you kind of keep going back for that, for that runner's high. Um, so are you, do you still find the opportunity to run now or? or? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I do. I do. I don't run nearly as much as I used to. Um, uh, the, you know, the runner's high thing. And like you said, it's like a drug. I, I really relate to that. Um, I think it can be a slippery slope with, with runners, you know, and I've, I've been there where it can easily become the most important thing in your life. Uh, and so you have to be careful because um, it can dominate. And um, so I, I do still run a, probably two years ago. I had a pretty devastating heel injury. Um, and I've been a PT for a while. I've seen a lot of heel injuries, and this heel injury would not get better. I did everything that I knew to do, and it just wasn't responding, and it was just shutting me down. I wasn't having fun. I was just doing everything I could to try to get back into the sport. And um, I'm, a, I'm a man of faith, and I, in, a, in a moment praying one time, I just felt the Lord tell me, like, you know I did this to you, right? Like, I took this away, and I'll give it back to you. Um, and that's true. That's what happened. And so I, I, got, I kind, kind of just of a gave, refocus. Yeah, I gave up on trying to heal it. And um, I started reading my Bible in the mornings instead of running, and it got better. And so since then, like, I haven't really shifted back into, like, full-on running. I do it, um, but it's secondary to me at this point. And um, it's like I've been given the eyes to see how important it was to me and how that's, again, it's a slippery slope. I think it's, it can be really healthy, um, but it can also be really unhealthy. And I see a lot of patients that are just really devastated you know, just having to take, you know, a week off, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I understand that I was there, you yeah. know, like when you're training for a race um, and you're putting everything into it and it's hard, you know, it's, it's really not easy to take time off. So, um, yeah, I mean, you lose the race aspect, you lose the, the kind of mental decompression aspect of it for a lot of people, I would yeah. assume. I mean, speaking for myself, for oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, throw, throw on a podcast in your headphones and, and yeah. out you go, you know, so. Awesome. So no, I mean, you know, that, that's, that's awesome. You know, being a faith-based man myself and, um, you know, to, to have that type of connection to know, okay, you know, this is the plan and you know, speaking, you know, about, you know, not only faith, but then the mentors, the, the things and the people that's helped you along the way you mentioned yeah. earlier, as far as how you got into it. And, um, currently that doctor's working for Nike, mm-hmm. how often yeah. you guys connect and who's, who's, who do you connect with still uh, to today to just as far as with yeah. your growth? Yeah, I mean, so uh, Blaze Williams, Dr. Blaze Williams was is his name. That was my mentor. He's uh, I still connect with him, uh, you know, probably not as much as I would like to. Uh, we've we've 
my business partner and I, we FaceTimed with him a few days ago to show him our new facility that we opened, um, but we didn't really get to catch up much. So, um, honestly, I call Blaze when I need help. <laughs> Probably should call him <laughs> more than that's often what than mentors that. are for. Yeah, but, uh, the 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 mentor that I connect with the most is my business partner, um, Brandon Young. He started the business uh, about well, he's been doing it for a long time. But I partnered with him uh, maybe five or six years ago. And uh, he had been doing this for a while, and he's an upper extremity specialist, baseball specialist. Uh, so we are very different uh, clinically, but we also have different strengths. And so he's just really mature in his, his faith and his walk with the Lord, but he's also really business mature. So um, he's been probably the strongest mentor I have, and to this day, I mean, we talk on a daily basis. So... Um, but we have a really good relationship. But he's been the biggest um, mentor from a business standpoint for me. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, and clinically, you have the entire body covered from top to bottom. We do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a upper extremity specialty clinic, and the running PTs is a lower extremity specialty clinic. So, that's, yeah. That's great. We can do it all technically. But. And so and you mentioned your new, your new facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow you guys on Instagram and, and have seen some of the new – technology that you guys are rolling out yeah um tell us a little bit about that and what's going on at the new facility yeah so the new facility is a uh performance facility it was really we really opened it but out of necessity to be honest with you the baseball was doing so well and baseball takes a lot of space because of the mounds um so we opened a warehouse where we have three indoor mounds and then we have a 40 yard 40 meter track it's a little bit longer than that um, and two sets of camera systems for 3D analysis. So we can do physical therapy in there, but we can also do performance work specifically um, focused on mechanics, throwing mechanics, hitting mechanics. Uh, we do golf swing analysis in there. We have a golf specialist. And I do, I've been doing endurance running for years. That's what I've learned from Blaze Williams. I've kind of honed that. I've continued to work on that. I do a lot of endurance gait analysis. Um, and I've been doing it with 3D for a long time. With 3D, you know, to kind of give a, a you know, a visual for what that is, It's there's 12 cameras, uh, and then you put 35 infrared or little reflective markers all over your body on relevant landmarks. Mm-hmm. And then the 3D picks up um, the movement pattern, and then we get to see, we get to look at your mechanics left versus right. We look at every joint and every plane, left versus right. And then we compare you to sub-elite runners. We have a bank of normative data of, data of sub-elite runners. Um, so I say that because I've been doing that aspect of it for years, um, but I really am passionate about the sprinting population as well. And I've been doing sprinting gait analysis, but not from the 3D side because we did 3D analysis on a treadmill and we only had eight cameras, and then the report was catered to endurance athletes. So for the last probably nine to ten months, we've been working on developing a sprinting-specific report that has variables that are important for sprinting mechanics, not endurance mechanics. Well, those mechanics are are very different. They are, yeah. Inherently anyway, right? They are. There's different variables. The timing is more important. um, And, I mean, there's a lot of different aspects of it, but, yeah. So... But we've just actually released that 
uh, last week, the sprinting report. So now, so now we can do endurance mechanics in, which I've been doing for a long time, but also the sprinting. So that's really what that space is being utilized for from my, my perspective, my standpoint currently. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So golfers, baseball players, endurance and sprinters. So in, in that category, who does that actually, who, do, who does that appeal to? Can the everyday runner actually just say, hey, Dr. Walsh, can, can I, look, I've just started running within the last year. Can you yeah. do, can you do a gait analysis on me? And, yeah. and if so, you know, what does that look like for somebody that's just new into, into running? Yeah. That's a, that's a good question. That's probably one of the most common questions our front desk get. Um, somebody calls and says, hey, I'm interested in a gait analysis. Like, what does that look like? So, um, I'm obsessed uh, with this concept, by the way. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very interested in hearing yeah. a lot about this. So, you, so there's, there's, a, there's two types of gait analysis. There's a 2D gait analysis and a 3D gait analysis. A 2D gait analysis is me with my iPad and some software where I can look at you from the, we're basically trying to recreate a 3d with that by looking at the front, the side, the back. And, um, you know, it's, it's really an art. It's up to me with this, uh, video to determine, um, you know, what's wrong or what could you do better? Uh, what things are, are you doing well? What things are related to your injury? And then there's a 3d analysis, which is the, the cameras, and the, the reflective markers, and that just gives us, it's, for one, it's, it's right, it's very objective, so the data is really precise and accurate. Um, it, the data is what it is, right? So we get, we get accurate data, and we get, you can, it can see things that humans can't see with their eyes. Um, so movement in, in different planes can be a lot smaller. Um, so the 3D can look at all that, but I say that to say like the 2D analysis, insurance will cover a 2D analysis like for an athlete that's new to the sport that may be hurt or that's new to the sport or that has been hurt for years um, or they've been dealing with like, I always get hurt on the left side. I want to know why. So like that sort of thing is you, you could do a 3D analysis for that. Insurance won't cover a 3D analysis or you could call our office and just set up an appointment with one of our PTs and we'll do a gait analysis in the PT session. So that's a 2D. Um, but the technology is much more advanced on the 3D side of things. So to answer your question on, you know, what a, what a new runner to the sport could do, you know, the, the, a gait analysis can do three things. Um, we can use it for injury prevention. We can use it to problem solve a chronic, like recurring injury or we can use it to improve your, what we would call economy, your runner's economy. Those three things are what we kind of use it for. And you can kind of blend all three of those. Um, but I think, you know, that to me, the, as, a, as a runner at any level, your mechanics is the most important thing. So um, a lot of the chronic injuries are mechanical. They're mechanically related. So um, I think it's a valuable use of your time to have one done for any runner in any level. Um, and it's hard, you know, you guys have worked on your mechanics and, you know, you need that kind of feedback and it's hard to know what you're doing. Um, when you're running, you kind of need somebody to look at it. Yeah. So. Running, running proprioception is much different than say, you know, a, a lifting <laughs> movement or something like a bench press or a squat. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on 
you know, yeah. all the different phases of your gait. Yeah. Um, so no, that's. I think, I, I, yeah, I was going to say, no, I think it's very helpful because yeah. running itself, very intimidating unless, you know, the three of us where we all started off in cross country and um, you know, running throughout our entire lives. But, you know, we come in contact with people on a you know, everyday basis that, that look at runners or us and, yeah, I'll never do it. Or, you know, I like to do it. and Or think we're absolutely insane. Which <laughs> exactly. There's probably some truth to that. And then you throw on some, you know, some of the technology. So then they see, okay, I, I'll go out and run. And then, you know, they're, they're getting injured and then they're getting out. But how awesome it is and beneficial for anybody that's actually running from early stages of, you know, doing your first 5K to, to a marathon to somebody that's very experienced, you know, can gain analysis, how beneficial that, that can be for someone um, and I think, you know, we were talking about not too long ago. I mean, the other thing, too, is we're, we're huge shoe buffs. Mm -hmm. So we love running shoes. And, and Grant, what, what were we talking about as far as how that might? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge running shoe geek. And yeah. actually, I think on our last visit, I came with my entire backpack full of, love of, <laughs> of, of all my different running shoes. So I think my wife uh, might threaten to divorce me if I bring home any more. But <laughs> I'll just have them sent to my work. It's all good. <laughs> She'll never notice um, unless she's listening to this, but that, that, that's, that's highly doubtful and probably, you know, um, but so how much, so you mentioned when, when you were talking about the gait analysis, you mentioned that a lot of uh, injuries are due to a mechanical breakdown of some sort. Is there, mm. is there one kind of, is there one injury that you see more often? Um, is it, you know, is it subjective to age? Like, you know, upper thirties like us or, you know, yeah. is it all just mechanical for the most part? Yeah. The, the, there's definitely certain injuries that are more common with certain demographics. Um, but the research would say, and I think that clinically we see this as true as well. The most common injury is knee pain. The most common running injury is knee pain. Um, patellofemoral to be exact, patellofemoral pain is called runner's knee. It's pain around the kneecap on the front of the knee. Men are a little bit more likely to develop what's called IT band friction syndrome, which is pain on the outside of the knee. Um, but to me, I would call both of those knee pain. Um, and so that's the most common thing we see. And it, the knee is one of the most sensitive areas of the body to mechanical changes because the knee is hanging out in between. It's, it's in the middle of the ground and your center of mass. And so subtle changes in where your center of mass is versus the ground and subtle changes in where you hit the ground versus your center of mass will increase or decrease leverage at the knee. Um, so, so we see a lot of knee injuries just because it's a, you know, it's a vulnerable joint when you run. Um, but it's also very sensitive to mechanical changes. So not only is it one of the most common things we see, it's one of the most commonly gait related injuries. Um, that I see clinically. So um, more often than not, particularly like, uh, you know, I always say it, if, if pain is, is worsening during the run, like if you don't have pain when you start to run and it starts it shows up. a few miles in and yeah. it, t it gets a little bit worse, um, that's usually mechanically uh, related, especially if it's bilateral. If it's on one side, usually IT band won't happen on both sides. In fact, I've never seen somebody with bilateral IT band. Oh, uh, that sounds <laughs> awful. But, um, yeah, so, the, so yeah, more often than not, the knee 
is mechanically related, and we can fix those pretty quickly sometimes if if they haven't, you know, done too much damage to it. You still got to go through appropriate healing time frames and that sort of thing. But is there a is there a common mechanical fault there? Is it overstriding or you know pronation yeah, yeah. supination? That's a good question. Um, the for pain in the front of the knee, um, the most common mechanical fault would be your initial contact point and your center of mass being too far away from each other, which would be overstriding, but there's different, there's different ways that that could happen. Overstriding isn't the only way. You can overstride, you can lean back, you can sit back. Um, there's different types of overstriding, but my science PT brain just views it as initial contact point where you hit the ground and then you're, your center of mass, which I always like to say the center of mass is like if you took a softball and put it right in the middle of your pelvis, that's about where your center of mass is. So if that's too far away from your initial contact point, you know, and you've got knee pain, then it's more than likely coming from that, or at least it's contributing to it. It might not be the only driver, but. Um, Thank you for simplifying. <laughs> Simple-minded folks. <laughs> So with the mechanical breakdown, I mean, just, you know, form itself, you know, I think that just comes to tell as far as how important it is to have proper running form and, um, you know, working remote in my work office or my workstation is actually in front of my front window and there's a lot of runners in my neighborhood. Yeah. I find Are myself, you judging people, I, Kevin? You know, it's, <laughs> I find myself doing a gait analysis on every single person <laughs> with my eyes, and I just want to run out there and say, like, no, lean forward. No. I think we're all probably a little guilty of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hard not to. Um, so, you know, going back to, uh, you know, the, the, the shoe question, how much or how important it is for someone to have the proper running shoe to – to, to, to really kind of assist with that correct form? Yeah, I think um, that's a good question. The shoe, the shoe I, you guys said you're shoe geeks. I am too. I, I love the shoe technology. I love what shoe companies are doing, especially lately. It's crazy uh, how far it's come. Yeah, it? it's and amazing. Like in the last five years. Yeah, and it, I think it's good for the sport. It creates some buzz. And um, I look at shoes like I look at a lot of things, you know, when making decisions. There's pros and cons, right? There's pros and cons to the different features that shoes have. Um, for example, like heel-toe drop, um, the last of the shoe, uh, whether or not it has a rocker bottom or a flat bottom, the density of the midsole. And I can talk about all that stuff if you want, but like the different features. Go for it. The different pros and, the pros and cons to shoes, it's like real estate. It's like um, buying a car like an, over an SUV or a sports car. You know, there's different... Um, features that different shoes have. Uh, to me, the key from an injury prevention standpoint is educating yourself on the different features of the shoes and how those features load some parts of your body more and some parts of your body less. The easiest, uh, I think, or the, the, the biggest um, place that you see changes in that is with what's called the heel-toe drop. The heel-toe drop or heel-toe offset is a measure of the what's called the stack height. The stack height is like how tall the shoe is off the ground. So you have stack height of the rear foot, which is underneath your heel, and then you have stack height of the forefoot, which is underneath the ball of your foot. So if, if the height of the shoe in the, at the heel is 30 millimeters and the height of the shoe... Lee. 
The- is there a 30 millimeter stack height on anything these days? <laughs> Some of the 33 plus. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Um, the, that stack height difference, if it's if you've got a 10 millimeter drop shoe um, versus a zero drop shoe, the zero drop shoe is going to load your foot and Achilles more than a shoe that has a higher drop to it, which is going to load the knee and the hip more. There's mechanical things you can do to load and unload tissues, but a lower drop shoe, I, to be to be clear, I like the I like the trend towards shoes going a little bit lower drop and not of all of them being 12 millimeter. Um, but there's advantages um, to that higher drop shoe in some cases, and there's advantages to the lower drop shoe in some cases. Um, another another example would be so so in a shoe you have that the outsole, which is the bottom of the shoe it's that hard rubber on the bottom that kind of wears out as you run most of us decide whether we need new shoes or not by how that looks um it's not necessarily the best way and then there's the midsole which is the foam in the middle and then some shoes have a what's called a shank or a plate in the midsole it's buried in there and it's stiff almost everybody's got a plated shoe these days or at least one you know some have a nylon and then they have another one with a carbon Carbon or tpu or or whatever so yeah yeah and so for those plates can be advantageous and they can also help to stabilize the foot um and help you out so you don't have to do all the work yourself so knowing that about a shoe the best way to know if it has a plate is take the shoe grab the heel and grab the toe and try to fold it up on itself yeah. and see where it bends. The shoe that has a plate in it, will, the, well, the carbon plates, they're not going to bend at all. Yeah, no. But most shoes will bend right underneath the ball of the foot because that, that stiffness is in the back two-thirds of the shoe. Um, so that can help you, you know, not, not just stability shoes will have those, but that's, that inherent stiffness to the shoe can help you stabilize your midfoot and not have to work quite as hard. And there's a little bit of um, uh, what we call elastic recoil happening in that shoe, where the shoe kind of helps you the propel yourself forward. Energy return seems yeah. to be the new buzzword in the, yeah. in the shoe industry. Yeah. So with that, you know, quick question on that, because I think a lot of our listeners are always curious to know, how many miles should they... I guess as far as, you know, how many miles should you be putting on a running shoe before you start thinking about getting another one? Yeah. I mean, I, we've probably all heard the 300 to 500 range, and I think that's pretty accurate. That's probably middle of the bell curve. If your shoe doesn't have very much outsole, that rubber on the bottom, then it's going to wear out a little bit faster. Um, what I like to do is if I run in a shoe that has some inherent stiffness, intrinsic stiffness in that back two-thirds, um, I can usually – tell that I need a new shoe. Well, for one, my left IT band will start to hurt. Um, (laughs) So, but if I take the shoe and I fold it up, it doesn't feel stiff anymore. It feels like it's giving a little bit. Um, And it, for me, it's usually around the 400 to around the 400 mile range, give or take. Um, But it does depend on the shoe. A shoe that has more outsole and is a little more dense is going to last longer. Whereas a shoe that doesn't have an outsole, like, some of the new shoes with the carbon fiber plates that are meant to be really, really light, they're going to wear out a lot faster. All that exposed foam on the bottom, yeah, they're, yeah. Just, they're just shaving weight off of there. Right. Which $300 is $300 just. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Enjoy your $275 shoes for the next 100 miles, and then it's time for more. But you will look cool at races. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> and maybe run 10 seconds faster. I mean, is, is there some science behind, and I'm sorry, I know we're kind of going off track here from your, from your specialty right. here, but I mean, is there some science behind the, the plated shoes and, you know, the benefit that they could give to just your normal everyday, you know, marathoner or half marathoner? Uh, definitely there's the, the shoes are legit. Um, um, and they definitely do provide some recoil and, and help with propulsion. However, you have to load it correctly. So that kind of goes back to the mechanics. So like, so the shoe has to fit the wearer, basically. It has to fit the wearer, and they need to load it in the right spot. You know, if you, if you don't load a shoe that has a plate in it in the right spot, then it's not really going to, you're not really going to take advantage of, like when you run, you're essentially just a spring bouncing down the road. That's how we look at human movement in the lab. That's kind of how we think about runners moving. And if you load that spring at the wrong angle, then it's not going to propel you forward. It's going to, you know, you're going to kind of sink into that spring. And, um, yeah. Uh, so, yes, they can help. Um, but the mechanics, the better your mechanics are, the more the shoe is going to help you. That's They're designed to, um, you know, to help with recoil so yeah so what you're saying is i need to come in for a gait analysis and then buy some sweet 275 dollars <laughs> shoes yeah. sorry honey <laughs> i'm not because uh, <laughs> i'll be letting her know hey look i need to stay healthy this is what we need to do justify it <laughs> however works for you and your marriage kevin you know yeah there's it works for both you know there's a nice balance of economy and uh injury prevention that kind of works t- together so i think uh well, she's actually, as we speak right now, she's uh, she's seeing Aaron getting uh, getting looked up and uh, getting taken care of right now. So, Aaron, where where is Aaron now? Aaron, as far as where does she work? Running PT. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You gotta get the you gotta hit the plug, Kevin. Come on. <laughs> yes. That's so you know, funny. speaking about your team, so we were talking earlier about how, especially with with you and your partner Brandon Young, how how each of you are specialized in your, in your own area. So specifically your team, Aaron mm-hmm. and Doug are, are two that, that mm-hmm. I've actually have uh, had the privilege and really kind of had the opportunity to, to help my form mm-hmm. and to uh, prevent injury. So with your current team now, what are, what are some of the specialties? What are some of the, the strengths that, uh, that your team members bring to, to runners out there in our community? Yeah, I think um, the one's a passion for the sport. Um, you know, they know the sport, they can relate such as myself. Like I can relate to pretty much any runner, um, that's hurt. You know, I've, like I said, I'm the often injured runner, so I've had a lot of injuries. Uh, <laughs> so I know what it feels like actually, but, um, you know, the passion for the sport, um, you know, the, our staff are just so great. They're honest, they're empathetic. They really, truly care about outcomes and results. Um, they're not just going through the motions you know, trying to get, to, you know, get on to, to the next patient, get done with their day. They, we really want to see people get better, and we're, we care about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, to me, the clinical side of things, that you, somebody can grow there from a mentorship standpoint. If they're passionate, then, you know, there's lots of educational classes and courses out there, and we do a lot of um, – mentorship stuff, you know, I do a lot of mentorship stuff with our um, PTs, and they they teach me a lot too. So we have a good team. There's good camaraderie. We'll bounce ideas off of each other. We talk about patients 
after they leave, like if, if we're struggling with something or we'll pull the therapist in, like while the patient's there and two heads are better than one, right? So, um, yeah, and I think I always say it's almost not even fair uh, how many runners we get to see. Like you just get better and better and better. It'd be like frying an egg every day. Like, Yeah, definitely like, a good business decision <laughs> for an oft-injured runner to, to start a running P- physical yeah. therapy office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it definitely helps. You know, the the more the more ends or the more reps that we have with injured runners, you know, if if we're having trouble with a, with planner, then clearly we know we're doing something wrong. Um, you know, we just get to we have a lot of experience seeing you know lower extremity pathology. So, um, yeah, I would say the uh, you know when I hire somebody, the intangibles. They've got to have good communication. They've got to have good work ethic, and I've, they've got to be honest. You just you know you trust somebody when you meet them, and if they don't if they have those three things, and you know the the clinical side of things, the problem solving side of things, um, PTs are smart. You know, uh, this, the PTs these days, especially that are coming out of school, they're so smart and intelligent. Then the that clinical side is usually a little easier for them. Is um, and when I graduated, like, it was a little bit easier for me to get into PT school. I, I always say I wouldn't get in now. You know, these <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's really competitive these days to get into PT school. And um, so if they've got those intangibles and we can work with, in, you know, with them on the expertise and the clinical side of things. Um, so, yeah, And, that, I mean, just what you were talking about, communication, the collaboration within within the practice is definitely there. On my second visit, I had met with Lee the first time, and the second time I'm, I met with Aaron. Aaron was treating me, and uh, she was asking me what was going on. And as I was fumbling my way through trying to explain it, <laughs> Lee from across the room goes, "You want a little backstory on Gray? You want you want to know what the, what the deal with Gray is? Yeah, here you go." And just boom, 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 yep. and told her more in about ten seconds than I had managed to tell her in two minutes as to what was going on with my with my leg. So. <laughs> Also, I mean, that, I think that comes, you know, again, why it's important to, you know, for all runners of all ages and, and of all calibers to to have that relationship with a running specialized physical therapist on how they can actually help you. And so that you can be in the sport a lot longer than, you know, because uh, let's be, you know, let's be honest, we've got some friends that we started running with and we've invited them to come out with us several times and, and they just can't do it anymore. So Something that, uh, again, being a, being a parent of, of two daughters would love to continue to run with them versus just watching them. So, Lee, what, is the, what does the future hold for running, the running PTs? I, I mean, not, to be honest with you, just getting better. Uh, we try to get better every day, and um, some of the toughest injuries to treat, you know, those are the, those, that's where I focus. You know, the, some of the hardest injuries to get rid of are plantar fasciitis, Seems easy. There's a lot of research on how to treat it, and sometimes it just does not get better. Um, so just getting better at some of the the things that are really difficult. Um, you know, we always rely on technology. So the 3D side of things and the company that we work with on the 3D is Qualysis. We buy our cameras from Qualysis. They are on the they're on the cutting edge. They're the gold standard when it comes to 3D motion capture. Um, so working with them on new technology that's coming out, um, they're developing a markerless uh, calibration or a markerless 3D system that um, you don't have to use markers and the the uh, 
gate analysis is a little bit quicker. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we like to we like to have more access to patients in the triangle that um, don't just live and carry, um, because I think that we offer you know quality care. We really want to get people better, and usually we can get them better pretty quickly. So those are really the you know continuing to do what we do, but maybe more access to different um, different areas of the triangle at some point. So. No, th- that's awesome. I think, um, I mean, you just have to pick up an article or maybe just go online. You can see and feel the buzz of the running community just growing. Uh, and if, uh, if there some of the positives that have come out of this pandemic yeah. is just people just getting outside and, and really taking care of themselves. And, and I mean, goodness, back yeah, to heard, the shoe thing. Heard Strava had like 2 million new users a month during the first couple months of the pandemic. Wow. 2 million a month. Wow. That's crazy. That is a lot. Insane. Myself yeah. included. Yeah. I mean, and, and run, <laughs> running shoes themselves. I mean, back to that piece. I was trying to get the uh, the, the the new bounces, the uh, the RC elites, and I, I had to be on hold for a couple of weeks. Actually, I think you had the same problem too. So it's just awesome, and it's good to see you, you Lee, uh, being able to uh, to to grow uh, in in the space um, and, and in this community and, and helping as many people as possible. So as as you continue to grow, where can our listeners find you online? Uh, we, we love Instagram. We, we do a lot on Instagram. You ask um, a lot of questions that I get wrong daily. Those are hard. <laughs> <laughs> those are hard. I can cheat. And, you know, when PTs post those, I can look and see what the answer is before I answer. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we like to do, we like to engage there, uh, Facebook as well. And then we have a YouTube channel with, uh, I don't know, there's probably 300 videos on there now of the exercises that we utilize, and we try to organize them into playlists to help people kind of problem solve their own injuries, you know, which I think is good to do. But um, yeah, we organize like there's a playlist for hamstring tendinopathy, and there's a playlist for these are some exercises that may work for knee pain. Um, so sometimes it's a little more complex than just some exercises, but we've tried to really utilize YouTube as a um, a a bank of information for people from that. This really, this is what we're doing. You know, this is, these are the corrective exercises that we're giving. And then our website, obviously the running PTs, PTS.com. Um, and so the YouTube channel is the running PTs. Yeah. The running PTs. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. at the, the running PTs on Instagram. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you uh, you sitting here and, and allowing us to pick your brain, and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure our listeners have got some very valuable information. Dr. Lee Welch for the Running PTs, thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Craig. Absolutely. Look forward to talking to you again, Dr. Lee Welch.